right. Well, we are on to week nine. That's crazy. What is nine in Spanish, Alex? Uh, that would be. <laughs> I'm sorry. I put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you think Uno, about it. Dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, nueve. Nueve. Week nueve. Wait. Is that right? We got ocho. Ocho uh, nueve. Ocho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got back. Yeah. Like hours ago. Yeah. Feels like. From where? From where? Dominican Republic. Right on, yeah, man. So our partners, Nate and Rachel Stone at Love Restored in Harabacoa. That's so great. That's so great. Yeah. And so that being said, to uh, week nine, week yes. nueve, nueve in the Ephesians series we've got going on this summer. And this is Alex Cook. He is our group life and missions pastor. Yeah. Freaking awesome. And so in light of that, like you said, he just got back from the Dominican Republic. And uh, my name is Miles Quote. I'm the creative and production director at our church here as well. And so that's awesome. And so, I mean, in general, um, I know that this is mostly a touch point about our, our series in Ephesians, yeah. but what what's some things just uh, that you've experienced over the last week when you were in the Dominican Republic? Yeah, I give a quick little update. Um, it was it was a whirlwind. Uh, what Nate and Rachel and Love Restore and their team is doing it's it's amazing. It's one part, you know, we were doing some building and and getting the foundation ready for the new church community center building that mm-hmm. they're that they're right. doing there which is incredible. Uh, we were doing some of the work on the safe houses, but then we went into the the Haitian refugee camps mm-hmm. and we're kind of with uh, ministering and helping out people there and just really just growing relationships. We went to the public school there, which is kind of unique. Yeah. Hung out with them, uh, with the students there and the teachers just trying to, you know, bring, bring light and uh, the gospel to the, to the public school, which is unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went um, to the shore, which is where like the, uh, sex trafficking and prostitution, uh, you know, hub is in Dominican Republic, and um, we were there just praying with with people and, yeah. and girls, and uh, it was like I said, a whirlwind. But man, the gospel—it is just it is a a bright light in a dark place. Yeah, so it was. It was awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, and, you know, and now you've kind of like in a whiplashy kind of scenario, you were here this past Sunday morning yeah. talking again with another one of our ministry partners, but all the same too. And I think that this is one of the cool things about Ephesians and um, especially uh, week nine's uh, chapter four that we're in the middle of. Um, you know, you talked a lot about this idea of, of reaching essentially the hurting people of the Dominican Republic, and they all are hurting in different ways yeah. um, and experiencing a, a new life abundantly with Jesus is essentially the only thing that gets them to a place of seeing their position uh, and the grace that God offers them. And so um, not to like hard pivot in here, uh, but with Ephesians and things like that at large uh, as a group life and missions pastor, why do you think the book of Ephesians in general is is valuable for for your area of ministry, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, Ephesians is just, it's such a, an important kind of groundbreaking letter when you when you go through it all because it's just kind of like here's some instruction here's some mm-hmm. deep truth all kind of mixed together uh, in this beautiful letter to the church in Ephesus uh, but I think mixed with just the growing knowledge you know what I mean because there's this there's this need for the deep understanding of the things of God the, the yeah. gospel like right. you got to know what the gospel is you got to be taught and instructed in the way but then like like you see in Ephesians a lot of times, there's that practical aspect. Absolutely. So right. like whether it's, you know, Dominican Republic, Guatemala, Thailand, or North Cannon Chapel right, right. or North Cannon, people are always asking, okay, well now what do I do with the truth? Exactly. What do I do with this? How do I become, you know, as we see the the new man or the new self totally. and kind of 
step away from the old self and the old ways, right. but also be true in in living out the gospel. So that's what I think the book of Ephesians does so well. Absolutely. And so that being said too, uh, not to, you know, we, we don't want to dip our two too far into the text without getting into the text. Uh, so let's just go ahead and read it. Uh, how about I read uh, verses 17 through 19, and if you want to take uh, 21 through 24, does that work? Perfect. Awesome. Cool. So it says this, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 24 in full, says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must uh, no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the uh, fealty of their minds. They are darkened uh, in their understanding, alienated from the form or from the life uh, of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to every practice, every kind or greedy to every greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Love that. Uh, but that is not the way uh, you learned Christ. Yeah. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Awesome. Yeah. And so, like... It, it is good uh, in some ways that this level of like intensity about the old, the new, the next step, essentially the, the how, how do we get to a life lived abundantly inside of the holiness of what God would have for us. And you're coming from uh, a completely different side of uh, living uh, in terms of the last week you've spent in the Dominican Republic with Nate and Rachel, uh, and now you're here. But this yeah. still reigns true in both scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so whether it be, you know, in one area of the world or if it, whether it be where we, our feet are planted presently, uh, just putting on the new self, uh, as the scriptures are saying, you know, just putting on the new self mean no association with those in a former way of life. Um, I think about, you know, how maybe in a Western context, uh, it's easy to just like cut people off yeah. and, and, you know, scoot them to the side and uh, pretend like they don't exist for the sake of your own personal quote unquote, like holy living. Yeah. Right. Um, but especially in the Dominican Republic where, you know, I've, I've been to the same areas that you've been and you've gone even farther, but we both have seen how families live like nuclearly, like they, they live yeah. in the same house together. There's no options to really nope. just jump out and go live a life independent of your family. Um, and in some ways to like, I'd imagine, you know, if you're a contributing member of that family to leave them for the sake of Christ and, and say it's for the sake of Christ, but then leave them without provision yeah, and care yeah. is almost like a, a, you know, it's a double-edged sword. I don't think you accomplish exactly what you want. So, I mean, from all the places and spaces in which you minister, how uh, would you answer that question? Does putting on the new self mean no association with the former ways of life? Um. It's interesting because it's almost when I first read this question, I kind of I almost read it in two different ways. Like, does putting on the new self uh, mean no association with those in a former way of life? So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm on one aspect, I'm thinking of like people, you know, that that were in my formal, former former mm -hmm. life, okay. the old self. But then I'm also thinking of things I did in my former life, right. you know, just practices. And right. I think that's a huge question that we get asked all the time: is, well can I still do this, mm -hmm. you know, X, Y, right. Z? Can I still hang out with these people? You know, I think 
if we know Paul in in any way, um, there's a lot of he, there's a lot of freedom, you know, mm-hmm. in in following sure. Christ, and there's a lot of wisdom also. Yeah, so it's, right. It's hard to it's hard to just put like a black and white yes no this is how you do it this is how you need to to step exactly in this way because there's different contexts to different ways uh, in different places mm-hmm. of the world just like Dominican Republic it's a little right. bit different than here and in Thailand I'm sure in places like that so no I mean there's a lot of people in my own life like for instance um, you know I I grew up in I became a Christian in my early 20s. Sure. So I had a former way of life and I had a lot of other friends and people that were in that former way of life. And I remember when I first became a Christian, it really felt like in that season, I needed to just kind of like step away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And kind of distance myself and that. But now it's kind of unique because I'm finding myself, um, well, I mean, even earlier than this, but re-engaging as sure. well right. with yeah. those people because we see like, yeah, we the gospel like we, we need to be um in the world but not of the world you yeah know? so it's yeah. like coming back and like yeah absolutely you can be but is that causing you to f- shift your focus away from christ right and that's yeah. like the that's the hard one that really mm-hmm. only you can in, yeah in your relationship with jesus can really truly know and that's that's the difficult part of how to answer that question yeah no and i, I think that you know you're exactly right. So, like, if I'm tracking with you, if we're to, like, look at the arc of, yeah. you know, Alex's, like, spiritual formation, like, at the moment of salvation, you were like, oh, my gosh, if I believe in it, I got to turn to it, you know? And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that thought. Yeah. Like, you immediately want to cross-analyze, like, does it work with this? Does it work with that? Yep. Does, even even in some ways, does the people that look in on my change in my conversion process are they going to see christ if i continue yeah x y and z and i think that's the heart of what we're really talking about um but in some ways like once you get over that hump of traumatic like oh my gosh i know a better way yeah and you just go 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 um you begin to realize wait a minute let's let's talk this through (laughs) maybe there were some people in the dust of my movement yeah. That I, I maybe there's a ministry opportunity too because you you don't lose those relationships yeah. when you have that conversion process. If anything, it means that the people that you had relationship with before now see the testimony of where you were to where you are. Yep. Um, so like it's this weird thing. I was telling somebody the other day that in a weird like pairing of words is like in my brain, I'd like to view it as like evangelistic Marxism. It's just yeah, like yeah. I don't necessarily barring sin as long as it's not anti-biblical we should do anything we can to get to the people that need to yeah. hear God's word. And sometimes it means that uh, things that maybe were somewhat adjacent yeah. to our past life and people that we maybe had known and, and had influence with and friends with and things like that, it might mean that for the sake of the gospel, we still get to enjoy some of those influences yeah. or interests. Um, but keeping it at the forefront of my mind that my life is explicitly meant to bring Jesus to yeah. the front of the conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think to your point, the only person that's going to know your intentions when you pursue stuff is you. Yeah. Um, so ultimately that's where your, your head heart relationship with Jesus himself is going to be, you know, primary front yeah. and center. Yeah. yeah. For instance. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember when I first became a Christian, I almost had that Paul thing where I was just like, I went off and I was on my own. It felt like, and I was just like, I don't, this weird way is like, can I trust anybody? Like, I don't even know. I'm trying to find a Christian. Like, I just wanted to know Jesus and and get in his word, but like just learning all that stuff. But then, you know, I was on, this is just an example. I was on a, like a 
softball team. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Sure. And when my early 20s softball team, uh, and we played softball and it was really, really fun. It was awesome. And it was mostly like all un- unbelievers, you know, mm-hmm. at that time on this team. And one thing they did was after the games, they would go to the bars. And mm-hmm. I mean, that was right. just totally a cultural, normal thing. So to answer this question yeah. even further, it's like, so I was like, okay, I got to quit the softball team. Can't be around these people. Got to go like do this other thing, go to a church league now, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then I was thinking, no, how about I stay on that team? Mm-hmm. I be right. a gospel influence. I bring the light of Christ where I am and I try to stir gospel conversations and love right these people. And yeah. they hopefully see like, oh, Alex is a little different. But then I choose to maybe not go to the bar. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like, I can still engage with these people. I can still engage and be a light, but I, I still don't, like you're saying, I don't cross the line because I still want to honor God with my life. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like this weird yes and no at the same time. But, you know, I think if if we truly are fixing our eyes on Jesus and, and trying to go into the hard, mm-hmm. difficult places, right. you know, and, and being a light there, that doesn't always look pretty and doesn't always look shiny and like this perfect christian church thing yeah it looks kind of ugly sometimes but we don't we don't engage in sin we just meet people where they're at right and we show them the light yeah absolutely and even uh you know not not that i think anybody's necessarily going to think you're saying this because i I know what you're saying you're so like the the transition of like i am a a light on this softball team and it's just it just happens to be that where the locker room talk and all the additional pieces that maybe don't venture into that opportunity for ministry happen to be when we go to the bar so in light of that though i think that there's like a whole different angle too where uh, i have a handful of friends that live in the new england states they had a church plant that uh, they went out there and did that in 2019 maybe let back half of 2018 and the cool part was is that a lot of their bible studies and a lot of their like great engagement with community was having a bible study at a bar (laughs) and so like the the funny thing is that like even to alex's point he's not condemning the the act of physically being in the bar um it's it's one of those and and if anything i feel like this ties hilariously into uh our second question we got which is how have you been convicted by the holy spirit to avoid or abstain uh, from things that draw you back to your former self how can freedom in christ uh look in your personal walk with jesus that's actually that's funny because that's exactly what i'm saying is to further my point yeah yeah it wasn't that i was like can't go to the bar oh totally i I didn't think that if i walk into paninis and i'm you know i'm (laughs) i'm wrecked you know i'm No, it was more like for me personally, I knew that was a temptation and it was something that I knew, man, if I go in there, Mm -hmm. there's the potential for me to step into some things that I know God has rescued me from. So that was my person, because there's people I know who could have been like, who could have been like, oh, I don't struggle with this at all. This isn't temptation. I'm all in, you know, and that for me in that time now, could I do that? And, you know, as, as the Lord has grown me in different ways, like I'm, like you say that freedom, yeah, yeah, right. it looks a little bit different now as yeah. you grow in your faith than it does maybe early on in your faith. Too. Absolutely. And I, I think that, so you said something that's actually kind of uh, interesting because uh, the first time you said it, it was like, a, what is, what are the optics on this? Yeah. You know, how will this, uh, you know, softball team see me transitioning to here? Maybe um, because you yoked it with the, you know, ministering to them. Yeah. Uh, but then as we kind of dug into that second question, it was like, a, well, wait, it's actually two tones. It's not yeah. just what they see from me. It's also me protecting myself, knowing Absolutely. what state of like spiritual development I'm in. Um, and so I think this only harkens back to that 
extremely important point that you made before, which is just like only you (laughs) and and your relationship with Jesus, will you be able to know fully the depth and breadth of where does that land with you? And and I think that what some people can can look at as like a a freedom, you know, it's it's not uh, regarded in the Bible as sin explicitly, Mm -hmm. uh, but it is one of those things that when you do this or when you're a part of that, you lose sight of the fact that Jesus should be at the forefront of your mind on the tip of your tongue, easy to insert into conversation without the drop of a hat. Um, and I think sometimes when you find yourself in those places and you aren't like thinking it through, yeah. that's when it's up for debate and yeah. asking yourself, is it a good idea to be there? Yeah. Um, and so those, all the things we talked about, definitely from like our places and spaces and how we kind of run with that. How would, um, how would you like coming from a place like Dominican Republic and even Guatemala? I know that um, speaking with Mark, Mark Schmidt, uh, yeah. our ministry partner that's in Guatemala and Buena Vista he talks a lot about alcoholism in yeah, that absolutely. place. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about how maybe in those environments, Mark has maybe talked about the uh, concern that he's had with those things going on in his community? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in, in that community specifically, there's a lot of alcohol, alcoholism because of either a lack of job or just, you sure. know, uh, you can easily fall into that mindset, yeah. especially if you're if your parents or your father did the same thing. It's yeah. really easy to say, oh, okay, that's that's yeah, life. It's okay. It. Yeah. So I think his perspective is is a lot different. Where it's like, well, we yes, we have a lot of these freedoms, you know, biblically speaking. Like there are a lot of things, and, and not one of those things is sin. You know, mm-hmm. there's never there's never freedom to sin, but there are freedoms. However, um, for the greater good of the the community, like yeah. the, the the community that you are a part of, the greater good of of those people entering into a relationship with Christ, there are sometimes like where that yeah. freedom isn't really a freedom because that's mm-hmm. actually uh, that would probably that could potentially be pulling somebody further yeah. or saying, totally. "Hey, here's an open door to 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 have freedom in this." Mm-hmm. When really, like yeah. biblically speaking, no, like that's yeah. that's not. That would be sin. Yeah. You know? So he's very much, Mark and Gene are very much in tune with, okay, not just their own lives, how, how they live, but also in not just optics. It's like, man, we got to care for those around totally. us. Totally. And, yeah. And a lot of times I think, it, it, I think we do maybe not fail in American culture, but in our own Christian walk, it's like there's sometimes we have this perspective or we have this mindset of, okay, what can I engage in and have freedom in Mm -hmm. and we think is it sin for me yeah can i engage in this but we're not even thinking about the effects on this affect you know my friend johnny for -hmm. instance or could this could this could them seeing me do this even though i'm totally free it could that yeah could that pull them further from christ and it's being aware of that you know what I mean? Which is mm-hmm. like two steps, two, three steps ahead of like what decision you're going to make. It's mm-hmm. like, I think mm-hmm. those are the important things that I sometimes believe we don't always give thought to here because we're like, oh, freedom. All right. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. And then we're like, well, what about the people we're trying to minister to and love on and care Absolutely. for and point to Jesus? You know? Yeah. And so, yeah. And even with that too, it is, is exactly true. So Eli Schmidt, Mark's uh, son, he's been uh, here this summer doing internship with us for uh, a couple months. And so one of the things I vaguely got a chance to talk with him about is just, uh, you know, some of the, the things that go on in his community uh, that, you know, Eli grew up in and Mark obviously is in right now is just, uh, you know, it's not a small thing uh, to see or not an uncommon thing to see um, somebody that just got off of work 
just as just drinking on the corner, not yeah. with their family. Yeah. And when I was with there, uh, there with Mark for a very short period of time, uh, it was it, Mark felt totally comfortable to walk right up to the guy and say, "Stop and go home, go yeah. to your family." Yeah. And I think that one of the things that's important to know is that Mark, even in that moment, he's not condemning alcoholism; he's condemning the or alcohol. He's he's condemning specifically the fact of what sin are you committing while you're standing here, yeah. and it just happens to be through this yeah. this scope of what you're doing and. Um, to that end to what you said about what I do, how people justify it because of the way they see me do certain things. The same way too, you'll never see Mark in front of them drinking a beer on the corner <laughs> yeah, yeah. because of the fact that he would be pseudo condoning things that lead to distancing yep. from family, disregard to yep. spouse and children and things like that. And so now, I mean, this whole book is riddled with this intensity of yep. of content and conversation. And I think that um, the church in Ephesus very much had their own independent issues that needed to be talked through the lens of this letter. But in the same way too, just as it says in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it's just like this is built for reproof, for correction, yep. uh, and instruction in righteousness. And because of that, this is a thing that we're able to talk about right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so, Alex, thank you so much, man, for just like spending some time. I know that coming out of <laughs> Dominican Republic, yeah. this is definitely a, a big, you know, draw of breath to just be able to talk through all this stuff. But um, it's important. And I know yeah. that for, for group life context, for missions context, it's it's super valuable and super yeah. awesome. So I appreciate you coming and hanging yeah. out. And I just want to end kind of yeah. – like I know some of these topics can be a little uncomfortable or intense yeah. and people can be like, well, that I don't see it that way or I don't see it. And that's, that's why it's so good to have these conversations sure, because right. sometimes there's even in my own walk, I'm like, well, I got to process this. Yeah. But I think, man, if we're, if we're just fixing our, like I've said this whole time, mm-hmm, if we just right. are focusing on Christ and, and, and really trying to live a life poured out for the gospel's sake and, and for the things Jesus is calling us to, a lot of these things just naturally like they kind of just happen. Like I, I don't want, like I just naturally want to honor Christ with my life, which then secondarily mm-hmm, looks like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. caring for those around me. You know what I mean? I, like Paul said, I, will, I mean, I will die to any freedom Yeah. so that my friend can see Jesus correctly or that my focus is on Jesus. Like I don't have to walk in some of these things. I would mm-hmm. rather die to that than have my friend led astray and vice versa. I can praise God in some of these yep. freedoms and honor him. So it's like this weird conversation, but you know, it's good. It's good to have these conversations. It's good to, to really dig in in, in this beautiful letter of Ephesians. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the sending point is make Jesus the main thing, right? Make Jesus the main thing. That's right. That's right. Well, Alex, thank you so much, man. And so we're going to be continuing on in week 10. Uh, we're rounding the bend, almost done with the Ephesians series. So hang with us. we got a yeah. few more weeks in the hopper. We'll see you then. Sweet. See you, man.